Hello and welcome back to the show. I hope you're really well and that you are starting to wind down to these all-important holidays at the end of the year. I've had a really busy month delivering keynotes and senior leadership workshops across Europe, so it's been a particularly hectic few weeks, which has been both exhilarating and exhausting, so apologies for not pushing out more content into this channel. But for today's episode, I wanted to share a few snippets from a recent interview that I did with the School for CEOs, which is an executive development company founded by former Scottish rugby captain David Soule. I deliver a few of the face-to-face modules for their exec programs, so I was very happy to sit down with David Wright from their team for their own podcast. I'll add a link to the show notes in case you'd like to listen to the whole show. But in this short section, we explore the mindset of elite performers, growth mindset, and some different sources of motivation. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. From all the research you've done, all the interviews, what would you say the common traits of these prominent leaders and sports people? Would you say that people are are kind of born with a particular um, set of characteristics, or do you think it is early life experiences that would have shaped that? Well, I think that could be a whole month's worth of podcasts, that, that <laughs> question. But, you know, I, I think probably one way to look at it is our bodies. We're born with our bodies, but our characters are developed over time. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen people, you know, who are born, you know, six foot eight and they end up being NBA players. And, and that's clearly a huge advantage to them. If you're born five foot six, might not be so such a good <laughs> career path. So there are definitely some physical characteristics that we need to take into account. But to me, across all the performers, whether it's military, Cirque du Soleil, Formula One, you know, top academics, there's an intrinsic motivation, an internal drive to want to get better every day. And there's this really interesting balance between the confidence and the competence they believe they've got and the humility and curiosity to say, but what's next? What could I do differently? Mm -hmm. And there's almost this positive dissatisfaction with where they are to try and help them to get to the next step. Now, you, you have to be a little bit careful with that because again, it can turn into an obsession and and you're never satisfied. But I think ultimately, you know, the people that have really got to the top have got a combination of a natural physical gift or a natural, uh, you know, psychological engine, you know, an intelligence. But the, the key activator is the drive and the ability to continually improve. And, and that's, you know, you see a lot of people with natural talent, but you don't always see people that have got that ability to reinvent themselves, to keep coming back, to find different ways to be successful and to, yeah, really learn quickly. And I think that's where there's a massive competitive advantage in in both sport and business. Do you have any advice for parents on nurturing young people who are high achievers or might show great potential early on? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, everyone has probably heard of the term growth mindset, but Carol Dweck's work from Stanford really talks about let's not praise everyone from being gifted and naturally talented and geniuses because Mm -hmm. in a way it it can stop their progress because it's a binary switch. You're either gifted or you're not. You're either talented or you're not. And I think when we start to label people like that, when they do step up the sort of staircase of, their career they can stumble and fall which is only natural and then they Mm. suddenly think well maybe I'm not talented maybe I'm not gifted 
Whereas if you embrace failure and mistakes as part of the journey, and that's so important, we want to give everyone, not just kids, we want to give everyone opportunities to stretch themselves, but give them a safe place to fall, you know, emotionally and psychologically that, look, that happens, dust yourself down, let's try again. We're not judging you as a failure. You just failed in that moment at that particular thing, maybe with one decision or one word. You know, we've got to be very, very discreet and focused and, um, you know, isolate moments of failure and these micro failures and mistakes into what they were. You know, I played a bad shot at quarter past 12 because my mind was distracted and I wasn't watching the ball. That's something I can do better next time. It's not that I'm a failure and I'm not good enough because five minutes before I was doing quite well. So I think when we when we get people to understand that when we come out of our comfort zone, it's going to be a little bit shaky uh there are going to be mistakes but it's actually how we come back from that that's how we should judge ourselves are we tenacious are we entrepreneurial are we inventive are we Mm. curious about different Mm. solutions and take on feedback that's the mindset we need both in sport and business because a lot of the future is unknowable and you know if we're going to be ambitious we need to take everybody's input that can see us performing to try and accelerate it when you're working with somebody, how do you define what is a positive motivator versus something that could create burnout or something that could be um, destabilizing for someone? So a little bit of fear, would you say that's actually positive or a, you know, a sense of pride or saving face? Is that a good driver? Or do you think ultimately those things are, are disruptive? Well, again, a really interesting topic that We've got some motivators that we're trying to move towards. So there might be an accolade or an achievement or a trophy win or whatever. And we've got some things that are spiky, painful drivers that we're trying to get away from, Um, you know, proving people wrong. Somebody's judged you. You don't want to be a failure again. You don't want to be dropped off the team, whatever it is. Those things are much more short term and painful. So they tend to be really spiky motivators. I think what happens in middle life, uh, you know, in the middle of our lives often is that we've used those powerful motivators where people have criticized us or we didn't think we were good enough. And we've used all that energy to get to the point where we're actually successful. You know, we've we've got to a good management position or we've got to a good level in our careers through qualifications and experience. And then all of a sudden, life doesn't quite feel like it's fulfilling because, mm-hmm. you know, we still feel like we're being chased. And and I think that's where we need to, you know, look at some more intrinsic motivation and think about, you know, mastery. What do I want to learn? What do I want to be really good at? Autonomy. What kind of choices and, you know, career paths can I take that are going to fulfill me? Um, purpose. How can I feel like I'm going to do something that's going to impact other people and start to be a mentor or or start to be driven by the impact we have on our customers rather than just what this means for my salary in the short term. And also that sense of belonging and community that we get from being part of a team that creates an amazing identity. And it's almost like a siege mentality. We're different to everybody else. We're on a mission. Those motivators are really powerful. So motivation is a really interesting one because you know, the the sort of motivational mix changes after a victory. Uh, you know, the South African rugby team waking up after winning the World Cup will be different to the one that was hungry the day before that was desperate to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, needed to sober up as well, probably. But, um, <laughs> you know, 
team motivation is constantly changing. So the question about burnout, I think you've got to be in a long period where you perceive that the the, the sort of demands that you're facing in your job are outstripping your perception of whether you can cope or not. That to me is what burnout is for a, a prolonged period. Um, you know, we're going to have periods where we have to put a shift in and work later nights and get a project done for a deadline. That's fine. I think that's all normal. But our resilience is about adapting and flexing and our energy, you know, peaking and dipping. Um, and it's really our commitment that we want to measure rather than our motivation, because I'm not particularly motivated to, you know, walk the dog in the morning or go for a run in the morning. But if I'm committed to a healthy lifestyle, then my trainers are, you know, by the door, my running kit's there and, you know, the hard work's been done. So even though I'm not motivated, I'm going to get in my running shoes and trot out of the door because I'm committed and I've, I've made that choice. Well, I hope you found something useful in those ramblings. And I just wanted to say a massive thank you to you personally for being part of my community this year. I'm always thrilled to get emails from listeners or meet people at some of the events that I speak at who listen to the show. As you know, I'm passionate about helping people to understand their own mindset and think more effectively. And it's a massive motivation for me to know that my own discoveries and learnings in this area are helping people in our community around the world. We're approaching a much anticipated time of the year where we're led to believe that everyone's going to be swept along in glitter, sparkles and champagne. But some people just don't feel like that or even don't have access to that world. So let's make sure that we keep checking in on the people at the edges of our network as well as those that are sitting around our Christmas tables. Many people have had a tough time and we're all part of their support network, so we need to stay visible and connected. Like you, I've given 2023 a pretty good crack, and I'm really looking forward to switching off with my family and friends. I've got some exciting news to share with you in early 2024, so do click subscribe and you won't miss out. So enjoy your festive downtime, and I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>